we could just start with um general black pill discussion because I'm feeling very black pill mm, recently. Good. I mean, I'm I'm glad that this is spreading now and it's not just me. I, I am too. I've been thinking more and more. This isn't even about like the labor's chances at the next general election, which we can all debate. It's just like yeah, that every doesn't time matter. I, it's not. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, every time I think about oh, maybe I should open an ISA, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. In 50 years, yeah. I'm going to be more concerned why, why with like. Why aren't millennials buying property? Yeah. Um, well, is like, it going to be underwater? They're spending all their money on avocados. Like, <laughs> we've well, all seen the articles, right? Yes. Well, I think at this point, also, like, in 50 years, I'm going to be more concerned that like the horse riding raiders from across the highway are <laughs> eyeing our last generator than I am going to be about like, what are the optics of this situation? How much is the interest rate I'm getting on my ISA? Yeah. Homeownership's going to be a meaningless concept. It's <laughs> something that I can't stop thinking about. Also, I have Jeffrey. Epstein on the brain. Yeah, I mean, I, I I stopped contributing to my Roth IRA, which I had maxed out for every year that I, from when I graduated from college until onward. And then I was just like, well, for one, I don't have the money. For another, even if I did, like, what what is retirement? Like, I'm going to be in the, the nightmare slave baggage train from Cormac McCarthy's The Road in 30 years. I mean, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like trying to avoid getting pulled out of my hazmat suit and dismembered for me. Like, what the fuck is this going to, like, yeah, well, it's what, even, what am I saving for? Even like, think of like Fall of Rome shit, right? Like, yeah, I, we, we're not awaiting the Fall of Rome. Like, Odoacker is already king. Right, like Romulus yeah, we're, Augustulus we're in is it, gone, but we we yeah, can't we, see it right now. We might not even be in Odoacker. We might already be like Theodoric. Like we might be a couple Germanic kings of Italy into the fall of Rome. And do you know what fucking sucks about this? Do you know what really fucking sucks about this? It's the, the Matrix was like 1999, the, the pinnacle of civilization, and they were yeah. fucking right. Yeah. And I don't like it when the Matrix is right. That annoys the <laughs> shit out of me because that means a million dudes with fedoras were also right. And you I just you just have to believe trans women. That's all there is to it. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Trans Future Podcast. <laughs> welcome to your bonus uh, Trash Future for the week. I'm still Riley, like I was before, although who knows what my Wasteland's name will be. Right in. <laughs> right Right in a postcard with my Wasteland's name. Uh, I'm, of course, joined in studio by the able boards rider, Nate, the silver surfer of the production. Hello. Sorry, I was reading uh, what I thought was hate mail, but actually it was just a very teenage interaction on our email uh, regarding our podcast t-shirts that the teens really like, apparently. So, teens, thank you. Dear, dear teens, thank you. And when it's the Wastelands, remember that you liked our t-shirts. I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, we got we got Alice calling in from the wilds of Glasgow. Oh yes, I look forward to this not changing at all up here when it's the wastes. Um, no, this is that's going to be like the future metropolitan center. Glasgow will be walled <laughs> off, and you're going to be one of like the guards. Yes, and then in a thousand years, when some like neo Christian reactionaries are saying that like oh well Muslims were never in. Um, Somebody's going to dig up Scotland. my skeleton and be like, well, yeah. I know we all said it was incredibly masculine. And yeah. like we could tell from the skeleton how big her dick was and how cool she was. <laughs> but I think this was actually a woman. 
I mean, she was buried with this uh, this tome of nothing but surahs about cum, but I mean, like, <laughs> who knows? I mean, honestly, their like, civilization, it's really hard to decode. Yeah. The future version, the future version of, like, the thousand years future version of whatever the woke medievalist is for the medieval period <laughs> that we're all going into is going to say, actually, there were people of many different uh, genders, sexualities, and religions who were all living together oh, Jesus. in the radioactive wastelands. Oh, Jesus, I just thought of something. There's going to be video games set in, like, 2025 that are just going to be, like, <laughs> Kingdom Come Deliverance, where they're like, well, we're just being historically accurate that everyone's white. <laughs> what makes me mad is that when you actually get into it, you read about like brothels in Rome and in Pompeii and places, and just, they just had mosaics of dicks everywhere. Yeah, and, and like, winged dicks too. What what is what is the likelihood that they're going to dig up my house and realize <laughs> that that was normal, right? Well, I was in like Ostia uh, last year, like just outside Rome, the um, ancient city, and like most of the mosaics were just of lobsters. So I don't know if they had some like Roman Peter Jordan Peterson who was sort of harping <laughs> at the end of their civilization. If they had just like, listened to Roman Jordan I mean, Peterson, realistically, I mean, if real, realist, like let's be honest, that was uh, that was essentially um, that was essentially Marcus Aurelius, more or less. Mm. Like, Jordan Peterson is just a, a stupid modern Marcus Aurelius. Nothing is ever new ever. Also, by the way, if there is going to be a video game made about the post-capitalist wastelands of neo-feudal England, it will definitely be The Witcher because it's just going to be full of a bunch of really stupid fat guys walking around <laughs> with bowl cuts, sort of cross-eyed and glitching through stuff. But before we go any further, I also want to say we welcome as our guest this week, uh, Culture, culture writer, media luminary, author of uh, Trans on Verso, uh, Juliet Jacks. Hi. Juliet, am I pronouncing your last name right? No. <laughs> how, how can I do it? This is a teachable moment, just like setting up the mixer last time, which apparently I fucked up in royally. How do I pronounce it better? Uh, I pronounce it Jakes, which Jakes. was how my grandmother pronounced it and how Hattie Jakes used to pronounce it. And so, Brian you know. Jakes, the author of Redwall, the book that inspired lots of awkward teen boys to join the military somehow. Yeah. And that will also be the closest blueprint to how radioactive wasteland English society will hey, work. Yes, since since you're recording this. And there will be feasts. Since you're There'll recording feasts, this, this does make you basement Jakes. <laughs> That's preferable to Martin Jakes. I, I, guess, do not, yeah. I do not. I do not accept your your musical contribution. Too much melody, in my opinion. We, on, on hell of a way, we actually made this. We we did like a, a informal survey, and we found far too many kids who were huge fans of Brian Jakes' Redwall series who then joined the military, and like they thought they were going to be Martin the Warrior. Instead, they went to the dick sucking factory. It's a sad story. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> um, is this the first time you've had two trans guests on, by the way? I think so. Like, yeah. I don't know a... if, if, you know, if, if the cis people know, but you put two people from any other minority group together mm. and they'll sort of look at each other and be like, can we be friends? Yeah. We want to well, have sex? Well, whatever. Sadly... You put two trans people together and it's like cats will just start like hissing and <laughs> scratching. And, well, you know. well, sadly, Hussein isn't here. Otherwise, he would have his pet theory <laughs> about how any uh, meeting of five or more dudes stops being about business and starts being about sex i don't know how we got to that one but again much like the whole thing about coffee and soup and so on it's very sticky among our listeners as a concept <laughs> it's it, it, hussein is one of those the, the the strange phenomena where if you're a successful journalist with a large platform but your brain is completely exploded from the inside <laughs> yes. if you start just tweeting out your thoughts like they can attract a weird following and like gain traction in a way that like you know there are weirder tweets out there for sure but Hussein talked about five, more, yeah. five or more dudes makes in the towel. room too horny, yeah. sharing a towel, uh, you know, jizzy attacks paid in streetwear. All of a sudden, that just yeah. becomes real. You know, you know what Hussein is, though? His brand is Chris Hayes if he wasn't a coward. 
<laughs> just if he really did commit to like incinerating all of that respectability. Oh yeah. So Chris Hayes, incinerate your respectability. Yeah. Post but- about come. Yeah, Chris Hayes, what are your loads like? Every now and then Chris Hayes likes one of my spicier tweets, which is weird because he used to he used to retweet me, but then I think I got a little a little too spicy yeah, and all of a sudden I became retweeting Hezbollah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. It's like, well, on one hand you're like, Oh, here's this veteran who's posting progressive slash leftist stuff. I like him. I wanna I wanna disseminate his information. And then then two weeks later it's like Oh wait, he's just posting about cum when you not and she stopped sucking or yeah, whatever. Exactly. And it's like, Chris, Chris Hayes, tell us about your loads. Are they frequent? Are they full? <laughs> post, Do they have the right hog. consistency? Yeah. Post load, post load, Chris. However, uh, we the, uh, I have one thing. We have one thing. Then it's the, enough with the dithering. Chris Hayes's podcast. Apparently, he admitted that his wife realizes there's no point in getting him to when she she's in bed and the kids are in bed. He'll put them all to bed and then he'll be like he'll be looking at. She says real estate listings, but I'm convinced that he's got an alt and he's just fucking arting <laughs> the worst shit. Like if they're like Chris Hayes runs a cat girl account. Follow that's what Chris keeps him Hayes up after hours. Snap. Yeah. yeah, Chris Hayes' private snap, $25 a month. You can hear all of his real opinions there, and you can see how far his asshole stretches. <laughs> it's t- tub, tub Girl. Oh, yeah, picture of Chris Hayes. This is Tub Girl. Bet you feel old now. MSNBC <laughs> Lemon Party. I we love We finally it. get taken all down wanted. for libeling someone we mostly agree with. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, Chris Hayes, you seem like a decent guy. Yeah. Uh, just, you know. Be bold. Like the like the Wyatt Coke. Be bold. Start a shirt company. I'm gonna talk about Amazon now. Because uh as we as we promised in the uh previous episode, which we recorded yesterday, but you listened to two days ago because of the magic of radio, um, the Radiola. Uh that was the first of two Quillette articles we're dealing with this week, because today Quillette was just especially Quillette. They were very much in character, punching totally at their weight, just really when coming they, up they, with all of the classic when they grow shit out that we love. Quillette, they just quill. Exactly. They're they're digivolving into Quill. And we just love it. So I have the second of the two Quillette articles we're approaching this week. Uh, and this one is just a complete delight. It is called Tourist Journalism versus the Working Class, and it's about Amazon. Can I just say on behalf of myself and our listeners before you even start, Riley, that I'm consistently amazed at your commitment to the content because Reading this bad faith fucking brain slurry would make me cast myself off the balcony. Like, <laughs> you think I'm black pilled? I can't. I just, but I can't even, even for a joke, I can't even suffer through it. It, it. it just, it physically pains me. So I'm just saying on behalf of all of our listeners, I'm sure there'll be some great jokes. That, that physical pain <laughs> is what you, is, is like the sensation of your brain cells dying. And once that happens yeah. enough, it starts becoming good and funny to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with Nate here. Like, I can't. Read the stuff anymore, you know. I go on Twitter. Already, we're seeing the divide here between the irony poisoned and those of you who have some hope for the future. Well, I mean, you know, that's not to say I didn't read the Quillette article. You know, I mean, Hmm. sometimes it's nice when things I do for pleasure become work. But um, okay, it's just hard. Yeah. So Uh, speaking of being hard, Riley. Speaking of getting hard for Bezos. Um. So I think the the thing. Think about this about about this is thank you for being on the Patreon because you make this all worth it. <laughs> um, so yeah, come on, realistically, we saved the better article for you for you all. Yeah, we saved I mean, the, be- the last we saved one the was just ordinarily one. horny. This is this is an advanced <laughs> kind of horny. This is this is this is this one. I think it actually goes. It's not just uh, uh, adulation. It goes into masochism. Mm. Let's be, let's get going. So this not is the fun kind of masochism. Oh, no, it never is. No. 
<laughs> no, it's always it's always it's always very um, snooty masochism. Mm-hmm. I think all of these pe- all of the writers for Quillette would qualify as bratty subs. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're not getting your balls stomped from, from the with heels, <laughs> yeah, they're all topping from the bottom. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to talk about this now. So um, this article uh, by Kevin Mims, and we learn a lot about a Kevin real Mims. Name. It is, it is. No, uh, it's, it's not. He's Mims, the rapper. Bet you feel old now. <laughs> I'm going to make a joke here about Bobby Mims, the former Tottenham Blackburn goalkeeper, because that's the kind of cultural reference I'm more comfortable with than most of the ones I, on Trash I, I, I was going to do like a Mims Cup. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is where all the perspectives come together to make the modern left for some reason. <laughs> okay, so um, tourist journalism versus the working class. John Oliver and his journalistic team found Amazon employees willing to complain on camera about working conditions in the company's warehouses and fulfillment centers. They can get very hot in the summer, very cold in the winter, getting to the bathroom sometimes requires a long walk, and pregnant women get no special accommodations. Wow, that sounds so, they're doing the thing where they just say the thing. Like yeah, they if you just, just read stopped. that paragraph, you're like, wow, that sounds terrible. Amazon's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> you could just, yeah, they've all they've done is accurately describe a segment on John Oliver, a, admittedly a lib show, mm-hmm. but that is that is accurately describing the conditions at Amazon warehouses. They could have ended the article there. Or sorry, they could not they could not have ended the article there. I'll tell you where they There's could have ended the article. Ten thousand words. <laughs> uh, look, I was telling this to Julia before we started the show. I am convinced that Quillette is primal scream therapy for Fedora guys. That's <laughs> why they let them be so long. Um so uh, Oliver's researchers even uncovered an incident in which a worker had died on the job and co-workers were told to carry on working in the presence of her corpse, which was not disposed of until later. <laughs> The next step is just having the like um the loader thing from aliens and it's just like <laughs> working with a dead human inside it stacking stuff. Yeah. Again, this is the Space Marine Dreadnought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you serve have Amazon no di- more fully after your death. <laughs> I have no difficulty believing that incidents like these do occasionally occur. Again, but- <laughs> could have stopped the article there. Yeah. <laughs> However, uh. Love a good however. <laughs> Amazon employs approximately 650,000 people worldwide, yeah, more than many small countries. all of them that badly, because that would be atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> but Surely if it was this bad, more of them would be dead by now. <laughs> but this would not be proof that working conditions in Luxembourg or Iceland are appalling. But Luxembourg's just a tax shelter. <laughs> Their only employee there is um, the guy, the Italian guy from The Consequences of Love, who like takes a suitcase to a bank once a year. Oh, and the Icelandic economy is entirely based around Bjork. Back to back to what we were talking about, right? He says, they says Kevin Mims says, look, even though Amazon has forced people to work around a dead body for a while, <laughs> um, they employ a lot of people, and the law of large numbers means that's just bound to happen. Still not, they couldn't possibly control I'm it. I'm still not over Kevin Mims. It's, you know what it is? It's that uh, clickhole article about McDonald's having a new um, fig-based McFlurry for fancy little boys who desire a treat. Oh no, we learn a lot more about Kevin Mims as time goes on. I was going to say, something tells me if Quillette actually has an office and it's not just like a money laundering front. Or like a weird like per, biological per sack with a bunch of like screaming faces trying to loom out from it. I'm sure someone's called him Mimsy. Oh, uh, yeah. I just, all I can think of is just like a William F. Buckley wannabe who's like 20 but looks 45 in a suit that's 10 <laughs> sizes too big. Yeah. Just being like, Mimsy. Yes, I very cool. Of, I want to return to this idea that no one would criticize the working practices of Luxembourg or Iceland because their population sizes are smaller than that of Amazon, which um, mm. 
Yeah, it just seems a very strange line of logic to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, look. Everyone knows that things are defined by how many people are in them. Yeah. And so, if you're a similar size of organization, whether that's a country or a business, which are the same thing essentially, then you know you just have you're driven by the same things. You're trying to do the same things. A citizen and employee are no different. Mm. Um, And and really, it's it's all just a. It's certainly not as if the entire Icelandic uh, political and financial class all went down at once in relation to the Panama Papers because one leak was enough to just deflate the whole thing. Not at all. Anyway, so countries and businesses are the same, and all all conditions, they're not actually the product of decisions. You might think they are, but they're not. They're actually randomly distributed. Do you think this is bad? Wait until you hear about Amazon's distribution center on Sentinel Island. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I have to say, I found Oliver's takedown to be unpersuasive. Astonishing. Warehouse work, Oliver solemnly informed his audience, is strenuous, difficult, and doesn't pay well. To most Americans, and people in general for that matter, this will not be news. Just about every job in the Amazon center I worked in could probably have been done by a robot. In fact, it amazes me that Amazon simply hasn't automated the entire facility. If I were Jeff Bezos, I would simply build sentient robots to to man my workstation. After all, robots don't call in stick, don't steal from their employers, don't sue for compensation, and they never complain about long hours, heat, or cold. Is he implying that he did any of this stuff? But nor do robots buy consumer goods. If I had to guess, I'd say that Amazon continues to employ lots of human beings because by putting money into the pockets of working class people, the company creates its own customers. Oh, yes. They do it out of fucking altruism. <laughs> That's just capital. Yeah. That's just Marx. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's kind of like... It's literally Marx. Yeah. He's sort of arrived at something close to the right thing, but yeah. from the wrong place for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but it, it's, what this is to I me is it like... This happens. It's like it's as though he's an idiot that's had Das Capital summed up to him, <laughs> but wasn't told what any of it means, and has just come to the ass-backwards conclusion that you'd have to either be a bad-faith bootlicker or genuinely a double-digit IQ person to do. Amy Therese? Apart from employing a lot of staff, Amazon does a number of things that so-called progressives ought to like. For instance, it employs a very diverse group of people. On my shift, I work with African Americans. African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, white people, gay people, deaf people, ex-convicts, which is the, the same as all se- of those. The three sexuality, <laughs> white, all gay, died. and deaf. <laughs> yeah, but so, look, no, this was something that, like, this was my main takeaway from reading this article this morning before I came on the show, is that what you have uh, happening in uh, Mimsy's article, I like to call yeah, him Mimsy, um, what you have happening in Mimsy's article is two kind of right-wing principles coming into conflict with each other right like right-wing principle number one is large corporations are good but right-wing principle number two is diversity is bad Mm. and these two things are clashing against each other and it's interesting to see which side he's going to come out of and he comes out quite firmly uh in favor of uh large corporations it's it's, it's whichever one is convenient to them at the time yeah, in the same way that, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter this week saying Boris Johnson's assembled the most diverse cabinet ever. Yeah, they've committed <laughs> a diverse range of crimes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> diverse range of psychopaths. Uh, um, uh, so I, I also love this where it's like, yes, we Amazon employs a lot of different uh, people of different like ethnicities and statuses. So instead of ever demanding anything better for them, we should just thank Amazon. Mm. <laughs> this is the um, most class cucked thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's a strong <laughs> statement from a British person. He said at the start he was like if talking in favor of the working class. What's your problem? Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> said he's th- this is this is just like I'm just surprised uh, this... he could get words out with his tongue around the boot. Like <laughs> 
it's weird because it's like there we we constantly make the joke about liberals and the sort of clapping hire more women prison guards yeah. thing. But I've never seen put more diverse groups of people in cages in Amazon as like yeah. an ostensibly progressive argument. Uh, well, it's because the, what, what, what's common to all of all of these people, especially the Quillette writers, because the Quillette writers, like I said, primal scream therapy for fedora guys, they love they love to try to catch the left in a bit of hypocrisy. But the problem is they're all really, really stupid. And so <laughs> and so they're all every time they try to set one of these logical traps, inevitably, like they're like Elmer Fudd getting strung up in his own rabbit trap and then like pointing his gun into um into a bush only to have him fire at a mirror and then blow his own face backwards. I mean, it legitimately is, oh, you you protest society, but you buy a thing that was made by society. More or less. I'm supposed to just dissolve into ether because I've been owned so hard. I I do like that in this analogy, the left is, correctly, Bugs Bunny wearing a dress (laughs) and a sexy wig. <laughs> look, that's early trans visibility. <laughs> look, look, I grew up, you know, quite a long time ago now, and that was the only trans role model I had. Yes. Well, I mean, Bugs Bunny still passes better than I do, so. <laughs> it's like, it's basically you have, it was, but it was Bugs Bunny, and before that, it was Odysseus. <laughs> um, so, I was hired the same day as a young Vietnamese American named Lenny and a young Mexican American named Ramon. While they're both in their 20s, I'm in my 60s. But we, because cool. we started on the same day and went through training together, we bonded and became work friends. So, what we have to remember from this is Mimsy is like in his, in his 60s, is working on the line at Amazon mm-hmm. and is looking at people demanding better conditions and saying, uh, Shouldn't you be more thankful cocked. to Amazon? That's a good idea. Hmm. <laughs> Just That's absolutely like, cocked. In trying to in trying to trap the left in its own logic, Quillette writers constantly just end up firing themselves out of a big cannon into the side <laughs> of the Because they don't understand the difference between liberalism and socialism. Like yeah. it's that simple. Like they've rolled this yeah. all together in their brains. That, that is a really good point. And I feel like that's something that, oh, that that constantly frustrates me is is the way in which liberalism, the left, socialism, communism, et cetera, gets used interchangeably by these people. And it's like, oh, the left and their, you know, their slavish devotion to, I don't know, like Kirsten Gillibrand or something like that. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's Maoism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be so far out of left field. And well, we're like, I went in very deep on this Quillette articles, and uh, one of the uh, comments is a blogger who's written a blog called Jeff Bezos's Mao. So, you know, yeah. that was fun. People's Republic of Walmart, <laughs> but from the other yeah. side. <laughs> People's Republic of Walmart, but it stays in private hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's extend state capitalism everywhere, <laughs> but keep the Walmart model. The Walton family is dear leader. All of Earth gets it wrapped in, in juche because we're going to need to do that to fight the aliens from Independence Day that I hope come and liberate us well, I mean, I am from gonna, our own I am going to be a nerd about this and insist that Juche is a project of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which is obviously <laughs> much more socialist. Thank you. Uh, okay, so, um, uh, uh, here we go. Uh, working and cooperating every day as part of a diverse workforce also helps clear up misperceptions. <laughs> this is, this is, I love this paragraph more than I love certain members of my own family. (laughs) (laughs) On my second or third day on the job, I was paired with a young African-American woman who'd been at Amazon a few weeks longer than I had. While talking to Celine, I learned that she had to Uber to and from work every day because she didn't own a car. The cost of that short ride was $7.50 each way, or about an hour's pay a day. When I discovered that she lived in a low-income housing project less than a mile from my house, I offered to drive her to and from work every day. At first, I was a bit apprehensive about this because I've seen too many episodes of The Wire. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just like the idea that he's no, like he's no. I'm sorry, I'm actually, sorry, but yes. he's actually not racist in the way that he obviously is, but instead is expecting he's gonna get the like Italian mob thing of he's gonna get in the front of the car and she's gonna have like a garrote and be in the seat behind him. <laughs> he's been spending too flat. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna know about the Lufthansa yeah. heist. <laughs> I said, don't buy anything. <laughs> See, I like once convinced an American that like the British version of the wire was called the Bill. And I reckon I could get <laughs> that, that, that past true, this guy. If I, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but through my so connection good. to but through my connection to Celine, I learned that the housing project is in fact just another quiet and orderly place filled with ordinary members of the working poor. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm laughing at Ryan's reaction. What did you fucking you can't think see. it was? Orcs. He thought it was the like a pits that Urukai have to climb out of and then stab a man. <laughs> what the? F- also, it's like yeah, the co- it's you because the Quillette brain is so is so organized around just reaction to whatever it is that people they don't like do because, like I said, primal scream therapy for fedora guys. Um, it never even goes to the idea that maybe forcing employees to pay for their own travel to and from work is a way that bosses take from your paycheck and save from their own. Yeah. But it's just like, no, this is my opportunity to learn more it's about a different so culture. Insane, Did you know that the projects though, aren't like The Wire? Awesome. He is almost <laughs> developing something like class consciousness. Being like, hmm, this person working is getting screwed, and like, we actually have some things in common. And then that interferes with the prime directive of racism, and it just gets shut back down. <laughs> I, le- I, learned that th- I learned that they have families just yeah. like me. Yeah. Cool. It's like the fucking racism Kobayashi Maru, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, man. I love Mimsy. I love his brain. I love his beautiful mind. <laughs> Some of what reporters like Carol Cadwallader and James Bloodworth report from their times, <laughs> I, cops, but yeah. well, James Bloodworth more of a cop than Cadwallader. He has a name has too points, cool for the actual person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, report from ta- their time working undercover at Amazon seems rather histrionic. For instance, Bloodworth says he, had, he has had little time to eat a proper meal and had to quit buying bread and milk because these project products always went stale or sour before he had a chance to use them. Now, a fresh carton of milk is usually good for at least 10 days from the date of purchase. How many cartons of milk went stale during a three-week Amazon stint? And why not refrigerate or freeze your loaf to extend its life? It, it, it's so why hot not, in the warehouses that it's, they've worked out that it's cheaper to have a row of ambulances outside than air conditioning. No, but no, no. What I'm saying, fine. What I'm saying is, what you have to do is, you have to take a frozen bread loaf, break <laughs> it apart, and then dip it in your curdled milk. Be thankful you have a job at all, James. <laughs> I love it when Amazon just feeds me my uh, daily ration of fuel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amazon gives there are little um, chests full of nutrient rich, uh, nutrient rich uh, uh, popsicles that you can just eat. Don't ask where they come from, though. <laughs> I'm surprised that meanwhile the Sweden corpse has finally point. been moved. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I people can I? have got this strange new food that they've never had before. Yeah, it tastes like line manager. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I bring things down for a second? Bring it down. In a, in a not in a good way. Um, so there was a recent article in the BBC about um, an investigation into a police constable here who uh, was like alone in a house after oh, I heard a, about a, this, child, yeah. a child had died. And I, th- I think because of privacy concerns, they didn't report the consequences. But obviously it was a minor who was dead and the family were out for some and I assume 
because they had to be out of the space because of the, the trauma involved. But the child's body was still in the house while the police constable was there. And he suddenly decided to just use their Sky TV to like start watching porn and like running up a bill, which is fucked up as shit. And like, obviously, he should be punished for this. But the thought crossed my mind for a second that I don't think this dumbass realizes how fucking traumatic it can be to be around dead bodies if you're not expecting it. Mm. And like, the idea that it's like, oh, you should just be grateful that you have a slurry. Like, to me, it just seems how, because I mean, think about think about that with a cop. Like, fuck cops, but still like, cop was obviously so, I, I presume, was either a complete piece of shit to the point that just wasn't, didn't care at all, or was also similarly fucked up by the experience of encountering yeah, a dead but child. Who, who like, gets so fucked up that they end up watching porn on Sky because of it? Because that's really <laughs> basic porn, too. I mean- It's like, oh, fuck, Al- I'm, Alice, I'm so fucked Alice, up, Alice, I have sorry. to watch Babe Station about this. Your, <laughs> uh, your, your tastes are so stratospherically uh, specific that- <laughs> I mean, I, you know, that's the thing. He couldn't get a good enough connection to get onto the fucking cat girl discord that he's normally uh, on that's, so we had to use point. had to use sky yeah. no but i mean i was just thinking about that that like the extent to which these things don't i've been thinking about that story for a while and it's like the extent to which those things don't become real to you until you've had to experience it and it's so weird to me how all this stuff seems to take for granted that these people aren't being histrionic and they aren't making it up that like it's actually bad and i just don't understand there's a part of me that's always like why do you have to go to such lengths to force people to like, like they, 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 why does someone literally have to have this experience f- forced upon them before they're yeah. like, oh, well, well maybe, it's, maybe it's, these people who are complaining are right. It's designed to like, um, get you to like kill off your empathy, right? Like all of this ice stuff, for instance, there's plenty of people who are just like totally blase about actual video of like sick kids and cages and stuff. Um, yeah. And I, I guess the thing for me is just more that. But then I realized that people like Mimsy are going to see this stuff and just be like, well, well, at least I was able to buy a pack of frozen hot dogs. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah the thing, like, the it's, thing, it's the, it's just, it's like it doesn't, like they have this insulation that other people don't have mm-hmm. in their fucking brains. Yeah, of course. The thing about, the thing about the Quillette writer mindset, and this is the case, I think, across the board, is that they have just, their whole thing is about being self-congratulatory because they have an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Although, to be fair, that's a hell of a defense mechanism. If you're actually sitting there next to the corpse or whatever, as a a psychological way of coping, to be like, well, actually, this is awesome. I'm being very logical about this. I'm like, these cucks. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, oh, you're troubled about one corpse, you're so emotional. Mm. I understand how these working practices deliver us frozen hot dogs 0.1% cheap. <laughs> exactly, that's got to be quite comforting. You think this You think this brutality of labor is bad, this person died? Well, I have something to tell you about halal slaughter. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> so, uh, car- carrying on slightly, um, I don't see why Amazon, he goes on, should be held responsible for its employees' diets or personal habits, and this looks to me like a lot of buck-passing of personal responsibility. Uh, we love personal responsibility, don't we, yeah. folks? If you have like, if you have thirty seconds to eat, it's not his fault that you actually, that you like <laughs> couldn't defrost your hot dog. No, Maybe you should have planned like, in advance. Look, you know, Communist Manifesto was written two hundred years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, slightly. Marx was born two hundred years ago. Communist Manifesto translations written, and then anime adaptations and but stuff. All right, yeah, you've got at least one hundred and fifty years of, um, you know superstructures evolving to stop people developing class consciousness right you know media superstructures uh legislative superstructures etc et quillette and that's the point we've got to and even allowing for 150 years of an absolute onslaught on the idea of class consciousness i still don't really understand how you get to the point that mimsy's just got to mm. uh well i can't by being um by being a, a, 
a mendacious moron. <laughs> yeah. But like I want also, I want to see 19th century yeah. Quillette where it's like this but for like <laughs> a loom or something that's just crushed a child. <laughs> and, and to be like, well, yes, okay, that is very bad, but it is abnormal and you Edited do wear by cloth. Mr. Gradgrind. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like, well, you might get mercury poisoning working in a hattery, but it also makes nice hats, so it's impossible to tell if it's good or bad. <laughs> um I'm sure like, that existed. Oh, for and sure. The thing yeah. is, when I say that Mimsy's mendacious, I don't even mean that he's necessarily lying. He's just so stupid that nothing he says could possibly be taken seriously. <laughs> and, and that is a really good point, isn't it? The idea he's that, so like, stupid that everything he says is in bad faith. The, the, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 it's very hard to delineate bad faith versus stupidity with these people. Mm. Yeah. Because you can't tell if the own is just this dumb manufactured well, line. There's the famous Napoleon line, isn't there? Like, never assume malice where you can ascribe incompetence. But the well, um, that combines both. The yeah, follow-up yeah, follow to that, yeah, exactly. That you know, it reaches a point where malice and incompetence, like the distinction, is meaningless. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's the Quil- Quillette is basically a bunch of muttleys without a dick dastardly. <laughs> so there was there was famously there. Were, I think it was it was either Clausewitz or Yeomany. There was this quote about like how to d- to gauge the worth of of your 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 officers in the military and it was like the people who are smart and motivated should be on your general staff because they're the ones who generate the best plans and outcomes the people who are lazy but smart are the best combat commanders because they're the ones who are going to be able to like find the easiest path to like whatever it needs to be accomplished but the ones you really have to watch out for are the ones who are stupid and motivated because they'll cause so much more damage <laughs> than you have time to fix and it's like Quillette a magazine of stupid and motivated people is demonstrating that, that principle Carl Peters mm. who just like got together a private army in the 1880s and went and took like thousands and thousands of square kilometers for Germany and then went back to Bismarck and said like I've taken Tanganyika and Bismarck was just like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> I've taken Tanganyika so there was, I, I, I've so there was, was an American there was an American equivalent of that, that there were these guys in the 1850s who would just raise private armies and invade places in Central America and claim them oh, for and, America and Hawaii like yeah hawaii oh yeah hawaii's hawaii they just annexed it they're like well i guess it's got to be a slave plantation now but no there were literally there was a tennessean who was the only tennessean who was the head of a head of state of a country outside of america because this guy became the president of nicaragua basically by starting a private army and they wanted to make it into a slave state and finally he got kicked out and yeah he wound up getting executed by the british but it's one of those things where it's like dumber things have happened yeah Yeah. no one has been more there I'm very excited to see what nation Quillette starts, but (laughs) carrying on. Bloodworth's description of punishments dished out to Amazonians who break company policy as, quote, draconian is so overwrought, and his grievances are sometimes just unreasonable. He worked for Amazon for a total of three weeks, but complains that his boss became upset when he took a sick day off. Now are we ready for the most class-cucked series of sentences we have ever heard, even by the standards of this essay? Oh, wow. Please. Maybe this is a generational thing, but my father always told me, never take a sick day during your first year of employment with any company, no matter what. My wife and I, this is back to him, have literally gone years between sick days. In the 80s, I worked for an insurance company that gave out a a small $500 bonus at the end of the year to any employee who didn't take a single sick day, and I earned that bonus six years in a row. My father, who died at 37 of every (laughs) disease at once. (laughs) All that, you know... Every single paragraph of this article gives me a different reason to think, read some fucking Guy Debord. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I mean, look, if, if I'm going to be totally honest and self-reflective for a moment, like, this is, this is still the spectacle. Like, you're hearing about it, can't do much about it, mm-hmm. but it is emotionally satisfying to hear all of the defenders of this system, you know, called out for the idiocy that they do display. Well, I, so I, I reading Guy Debord is useless for us. Yeah. Well, I had a tweet yeah. the other day that was like, uh, the podcast, the most podcaster thing is to be like, oh, the shadows on this cave wall are quite funny. It's my choice to make fun of. 
Uh, anyway, uh, that brief moment of reflection over. Um, if Bloodworth believes Amazon is inhumane for looking askance at a worker who asked for a sick day during his first three weeks in the job, then he and I live by different work ethics. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. You were being on the wrong side of James Blind. I know. <laughs> it's so insane. This guy, this guy is like, if he was... If he was dying, his last breath would be in service of labeling a box just so, <laughs> just so that someone could like get a drone that would break that was made in some like suicide yeah. factory in China. Like he's part of a global supply chain for people to get stuff they don't need made in suicide factories in China. And he's saying you should be damn well so grateful for it that you donate your body. Yeah, so this, this is not like brassy sub. This is just the opposite. This is too much sub. Like this is willingly <laughs> throwing yourself into the gears of the machine. So, so in 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 the early part of this decade, there was uh, uh, he doesn't need lubricant. He is the lubricant. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's fine. In, in 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 the early part of this decade, there was a series of reviews of albums that were posted on I think on Complex. I can't remember. And they were uh, supposedly ascribed to Ghostface Killer, but I don't know if he actually wrote oh, them. I remember these. If he yeah. recorded himself talking because they did seem kind of conversational, or they were completely made up, which could have been possible. But I remember him talking about like making fun of, as he put it, dick writers. But what he means like stan culture, and he said the idea that like you as a fan think that like you're so into in, into a musician that like the musician has time to care about you the idea being he's like imagine someone's making rice it's like you have tens of thousands of grains of rice if one of those grains of rice falls in the sink when you're watching the bowl is someone really gonna be like man i really wish he hadn't had to go out like that <laughs> it's like no one fucking gives a shit about you yeah. and the idea that jeff bezos is gonna look at you and be like oh man yeah. what a great worker he might have he might have shit himself to well, death on the factory floor <laughs> but at least he didn't take a sick day reprising um harry lime in the third man yeah jeff jeff bezos is going to, is going to give you a posthumous attaboy like it's or, just, or hey it's diverse maybe at a girl but there's just to me at least i don't know what sick day culture is like in the united kingdom but in the united states like yeah that if you get a job that has sick days i mean fuck's sake you, you you've kind of what yes do you not get sick days white collar jobs have sick days wage labor does absolutely not the only place in america that has it's been changing in some big cities, but like New York City passed a law that like companies over ten employees had to offer sick days even to wage to, to hourly employees because nowhere in America does it unless it's like a white collar job. God, America's, America's basically fun. the mm. more white collar and more like elite your job is in America, the more it resembles like Sweden, and the less white collar and more hourly or wage, the more it resembles like. I don't fucking know the Congo Free State. Like it's the most insane shit. Yeah, I mean, what what's been done here over the last kind of few decades is, you know, because it's politically impossible to take sick days away from from the workforce through kind of direct legislation. Yeah, there's contracts uh, instead. Yeah, contracts and yeah, the creep of like um, temp jobs and mm -hmm. um, zero hours contract work and which was going to happen like anyway, that. but is a convenient yeah. way to strip away those those labor protections. Yeah. So. Um, Amazon is not a perfect employer. Mm. Are we ready for some mild criticism? Um, no, I, I, I'm triggered and owned, and I need to go to my safe space now. Don't worry, I was joking. No mild criticism is coming. <laughs> oh, That's, the only, oh, God. Yeah. That's the only mild criticism, is this short sentence, Amazon is not a perfect employer. <laughs> there. Who is uh, the perfect but. employer in Mimsy's <laughs> mind? Um, Walmart. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can individually clean off all of the coins, get all the duck cum off them. <laughs> um, every time he dives <laughs> into the coins, he just busts in Plus, there. Bu <laughs> Do you know what I just realized? Actually scans pretty well. Duck cum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Amazon is not a perfect employer. I have a litany of gripes I'd be happy to share with you sometime, but I also have complaints about the small bookstore I also work at in the evenings. Oh, <laughs> I, love my, this... I hate my second job just as much, so I can't insult Amazon. Oh, this, I, I'm torn between sympathy and like wanting to drag him around by the lapels here. Yeah, it's really hard to know whether it's you know we should just like invite him into the sort of class consciousness raising. Yeah, I'm group just like he's so ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't just actually all... have to like this stuff. All I can think of is you bring him to the class consciousness meeting, and he's just gonna be like that character in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. He's like, you guys want to fuck my wife? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> to be to, to be fair, it. yes, I do want to fuck his wife. <laughs> I don't know of anyone who doesn't have complaints about their employer. Progressives hmm, tend to clamor about as if ex- that was meaningful in some way. <laughs> No, 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 we're just going to gloss over that. Employers are actually naturally occurring. <laughs> it's like gravity. Progressives tend to clamor about exposés that portray large multinationals like Walmart, Amazon, and McDonald's as nothing more than cold-hearted exploiters of the working class. Yes. Because they are. What else would they be? Just saying the thing again. Why are they, Why would you make burgers if it wasn't to make money off of the people making the burgers for you and then using that money no, to it's, buy it, the burgers? It, it, it's altruism, actually. And, yeah. well, he said himself, they're creating their own customers um, mm-hmm. in a way that's definitely fair. Yeah, and like it's not. And so, if we're saying that we just have to give people money so that they can keep money moving the economy, we have to make sure that a billionaire takes a slice of it. Because, because, like, because that's how nature is. It's the great chain of being. It's like these guys are—they only have feudalism left. Yeah, I, I miss divine right of kings because at least that was unfalsifiable. To be at able least to say that's a cool story. This, yeah, if you said to me, Jeff Bezos is God's appointed representative for delivering me a drone that breaks. That that's more defensible than just being like, well, the market and efficiency, because it's not yeah. good at either of those things. I was going to say, I mean, I, years ago, I just remember overhearing a conversation in Midtown Manhattan where a guy was complaining about the the current market, and like, what's funny is the market still is in a bull market, like it hasn't broken in the last three years, even though this was in 2016. But he's like, when a company has like a hundred million dollar valuation for basically what amounts to fancy coolers for millennials. Like, you know something is fucked up. And it's like, and yet it keeps going, but that's efficiency. Yeah, well, yeah. well we're going to correct for that. Give it a minute. This t- this type of thing does no... Well, you know, Boeing just... Its share price, it's, it has no planes left to sell. Its entire range of new planes that it spent years and billions of dollars developing is gone and useless. And its share price is down 3%. Yeah, and it's still going to hurt Warren Buffett because, whether or not you want to die <laughs> because he's, yeah. he's still invested in every airline and every aerospace yeah. company. And, and even though Boeing just doesn't have a business model anymore because it's an, air, it's an airplane company without planes and Chris Grayling isn't there to invest in them, like <laughs> they're still a valuable company. I'm because People they're still just cutting like their costs. Warren Buffett. People still think he's the good billionaire who will, I don't know, cure their scrofula. Yeah, so what's the point? What's the point of all of this capitalism Black if it doesn't pill. even do Black anything? Pill. Black pill. It doesn't because the big giant plane company that we accept demolishes a few Yemeni weddings with drones. We it doesn't even make the planes. Oh. This is the most blackpilled episode we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I I linked Riley to the episode of the the stream of Chapo where Matt Chrisman got a little bit too drunk and started saying things like "kill yourself and everyone around you," and I fear it's it's kind of rubbed off a little bit. We are not advocating for that. Get a rope. <laughs> we are not advocating for you to get a rope. Um, this type of thing, talking about a 
about criticizing large multinational companies for the thing that they do does no one any good. You know, because Amazon just gave their employees a $15 minimum wage out of the kindness of their heart, not because of concerted political nothing pressure from Bernie will, Sanders. Nothing good will come of thinking critically about things. No. Nothing. Go, buy a drone. <laughs> <laughs> just have fun with the drone. Get be a burger. A drone. Be a yeah. drone. Be, be more like the drone you bought. Why can't you be like your brother, the drone? <laughs> <laughs> Go to Yemen. That's like the him. real class consciousness. <laughs> Join the army <laughs> like your brother's <laughs> drone. Dropping out of drone school. Because <laughs> I can't afford the tuition. If Amazon is going to be castigated publicly every time one of its 650,000 employees has a bad day, Aww. you know, like dying on the job! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is quite a bad day. So you had a bad day, you died, died on Amazon. the job. <laughs> uh, if Amazon is going to be castigated publicly every time one of its 650,000 employees has a bad day, just for no reason, it may well decide to automate as many positions as possible and just do away well, with if, its human workforce. The but then who's going to buy its feelings? stuff? I don't know! Maybe Mims just forgot that he wrote that earlier! <laughs> if, 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 if John not- Oliver says something unpleasant about Amazon, they're gonna automate things. Yeah. Uh, so help me God, I will turn this company around and make it into Skynet. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. I'm really glad you've said that. The last time Riley and I did something together, it was the uh, Media Democracy Festival uh, with Jack Frayne Reed talking about podcasting. And uh, Alex, the organizer, got someone from the New Economics Foundation podcast on purely, <laughs> to, stop, real purely to stop me, Riley, and Jack doing the whole event through Simpsons quotes. <laughs> <Yes>. Everything's coming <laughs> up, Millhouse. We still got a few in. Um, uh, to university-educated media professionals like yeah. Carol Cudwallader, James Bloodworth, and John Oliver, an Amazon warehouse might seem like the black hole of Calcutta. <laughs> it's like he thinks about the imperial history of the British in India, and you know, there's like the Amritsar massacre and then Gawley famine which killed four million people in 1943 alone and the thing he picks out is like the indians putting a few british people in prison like (laughs) that's a few of imperialists that's just an efficient storage solution to maximize their productivity he Uh, knows all of the facts of of, um of calcasa like why are you against business and why are you against him (laughs) trying to like create jobs um, but I've done low-paying manual labor for most of my working life, and rarely have I appreciated a job as much as my role as an Amazon associate. Cuck. Oliver insists that Oliver insists <laughs> that Amazon should be spared no criticism just because it raised its minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. That may not sound like much to him, but it's huge for people like me. Yes, Daddy, <laughs> piss in my mouth some more. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, it's not enough that you raise them. It's also John Oliver is saying Amazon raising its minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour is not enough. It should be paying less than that. Also, it's like what this fucking idiot doesn't realize is that you until you start to put the numbers together, like, and you 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 just determine how obscene it is. Like, it can just, you can hand wave this and be like, oh, Jeff Bezos founded a nice company. It's like if every single person who worked at Amazon made the same amount of money as John Oliver, it wouldn't be half of what fucking Jeff Bezos is worth. Yeah, but and John but, Oliver's but, but, a millionaire. I, I, I'm gonna do a Quillette piece about how uh, I'm pining for the days when the factory owner's fail son child would just ride past on a bicycle with one really big wheel whipping at people with a stick yeah because it was he was getting outside exactly he was getting exercise yeah that was crucial exercise for the fancy factory boy son was riding (laughs) a giant bicycle around the factory floor whipping people with a stick you're going to deprive him of that just because of your so-called university class consciousness (laughs) You, you, you absolute arrogant snob. Jeff Bezos. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mimsy doesn't know the phrase class conscious. 
no, I think Mimsy thinks that class. I think Mimsy thinks that class consciousness is just what you have to wake up at six in the morning to get in for your efficiency breakfast. <laughs> um, I am writing this on July fifteenth, Amazon Prime Day, one of the busiest days of the year in the Amazon calendar. <laughs> the Amazon calendar. Christ, yeah, Julian, I, I Gregorian, th- I th- Amazon. Yeah, I thought remembering the Islamic months was hard, but like now I have to have this in the back of my head. Like, oh, this is when I can go on Hajj, and then more important than that, this is when Prime Day is, and I can get sixty percent go- off a fucking toothbrush. This is when I can go on Hajj. This is when I can pee. <laughs> Just circumambulating the uh, yeah. the fulfillment center. <laughs> The Kaaba is just a box with a huge drone. Yeah, it's just an a- no. The new cover for the Kaaba is the cardboard Amazon box with a little smile and the little tab. Can we Photoshop that, please? Yeah, I'm just I'm just envisioning the idea of, of people circling and throwing stones at the one remnant, the, the, the ambulance that still has the dead body of the fucking person who died. On the shop no, 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 it's it's John Oliver. You're you're, you're stoning the figure of John Oliver, the Great Deceiver. <laughs> the company treated us all to a pancake breakfast in the break room during our one ten minute break. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this, like, unselfconsciously. How do you eat a pancake breakfast in ten minutes? Well, of he course, explains. Of course you can't eat a pancake breakfast healthily in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but no one in charge complained about the fact that most of us spent <laughs> almost double that eating. Wow. Twenty minutes! Was there, you, was there like, a Lord of Misrule or something appointed? Were you off or? the clock? Were you not? Were you, I assume you must have been off the clock to clock out to break. So you're like, oh, wow, the altruistic company who didn't pay us for the extra ten minutes we took <laughs> off... Oh my! I'm sorry. Like, what, what was fu- in those pancakes, too? Uh, actually, <laughs> no. Wait, I ha- probably I ha- the worker, I, I, I the ha- dead ha- worker. The dead worker was in the pancakes. I have Epstein brain about this because your girl just read a story about how a Nordic food lab had worked out that you can use, due to similar protein structures, blood in place of egg, and they showed a photo of like a dark red pancake they had made. Just one hundred percent. Epstein brain madness on my end. Ah, oh, jeez. I'm just gonna. I don't even know what to say to that, so I'm just gonna say it once again. Duck cum. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you can use duck cum in the place of eggs. Yeah, it can um, be a nice fluffy omelet. It's hmm. yes. We were all encouraged to chant Prime Day slogans during our morning stretch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird it's, how in, in the Democratic Amazon People's is, Republic Amazon of Korea just, they worship their leaders, huh? Fucking hell, Amazon is just like. ISIS, but for shipping you a drone that doesn't work. Like, yeah, you have absolutely. to do the mandatory chanting. <laughs> I mean, how, how else are you going to pluck the right pencil eraser and packet of graphite lead if you haven't worshipped an obelisk in the morning, right? <laughs> Yashahid and- Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and we were given little Amazon Prime 2019 lapel pins and other bits of flair to wear in our high-visibility safety vests. That's literally so an office space reference. <laughs> you could literally... For the cost of making flair like that for a company the size of Amazon, you could have ambulances and air conditioning. Like you could have air conditioning, yeah. you wouldn't need ambulances. You could have. But what about the company spirit? That's a big part of this. This is fucking. Like, you know, man you know, live on years, bread alone. You need years flair. ago, this guy would have been writing about how like the Japanese were doing this so much better than us, and the reason why American cars weren't like uh, successful was because people weren't dying of karoshi of overwork. <laughs> if this guy, no, if this guy was alive in the 19th century, he would have been a repeated failed applicant to the Pinkerton Detective Agency. <laughs> it's just like. We used to make, they used to get like weirdly morally superior about the Soviet Union and like Stakhanovites. And I mean, this is, if this isn't Stakhanovism, well, what the fuck like, is? Well, like also, um, 
Do you remember that story from a couple of months ago where it was like this mailman who had worked for the postal service in America for like 20 or 30 years, everyone loved him, everyone, and like they followed him on his last day and everyone was leaving him presents and stuff. He didn't get like a pension or anything. And I just kept thinking in the Soviet Union, that guy might have been as poor, but they would have got him like a medal and a copy of the collected works of Lenin. <laughs> 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 okay, um, a bit of a company spirit is downright American. I don't mind being a small cog in the machinery of but American commerce. it's not commerce. American. It's, Amazon is a transnational company that owes absolutely no allegiance to America because it's taxed in Ireland and Luxembourg. Yeah, but it's all about self-determination and grit and trying your best and clocking in and everyone working together, which is as American as apple but, pie but, or covering up like, genocide. Just because it employs American, like, is Foxconn American? Do they have American values? Like, <laughs> this is like this is like the Graham Linehan thing about prove what a woman is, and someone yeah. like, he's like, oh, a chair has four legs, and someone points out a horse, and he's like, a chair. <laughs> it's like, also, it's like American. Also, sorry, I'm, I'm, we're in we're dangerously close to like playing some songs by Black Flag or the Dead Kennedys, so let's veer <laughs> away from all this untied snakes of America caca thing. Look, I'm never gonna veer away from that. <laughs> no, me neither. Let's put Kill the Poor on right now. <laughs> I mean. Oh. It keeps the bills paid and, and my stomach well, from growling. Also, it's Patreon, so you can do that, and we should. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hack. I mean, I'm just going to say this. When I was 14, I was like, yeah, I'll be off for hell. Yeah, this is some really good shit. And then when I was 24, I'm like, you know, it was maybe a little bit juvenile, you know, a little oversimplified. And then when I was 34, I'm 34 now. I was like, fucking Jell-O-B Jell was right. <laughs> yeah. It's all true. Totally. <laughs> version of a, I fought the law is absolutely magnificent. I think, <laughs> I think, I think what, what happens is that you go through like a Michael Moore period in your teens, which transitions into an Adam Curtis period in your 20s. And you go back to Michael Moore and Black Flag in your 30s. Yeah. I'm hard. I'm still hard in the like Adam Curtis and like and burial well, period. Also, I'm you're, gonna you're go never going to Dead Kennedys. You're later. never going to go back to Dead Kennedys because you don't listen to music that has guitars in it. That's true. That's that true. true. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like the way they sound. I just want something very orally satisfying. <laughs> anyway, um, all of this stuff keeps the bills paid and my stomach from growling. But if John Oliver and his ilk keep harping away at how inhumanely treats Amazon treats its workers, Bezos might just decide to completely automate his operation and put people like me out of a job. And that won't only ruin my 4th of July, it will ruin every other day of my year as well. <laughs> I am being treated you wrote, you wrote well that. by my captors. <laughs> he, wrote, he, yes. he wrote that. Yes. This whole thing smacks of gender. I <laughs> All yeah. hail Bezos and so, his glorious new regime. We should never <laughs> design little girls. Actually, Riley, Riley, have, have you yes. seen uh, North Korean techno music? Because there is uh, some. No, and it's what? amazing. Yes, yes. it's amazing because it has. Well, there's one of them that has the best song title I've ever heard. Um, they played it. Uh, they played over loudspeakers in the morning to get people up and awake and like ready for work and stuff. Um, and one of them sounds kind of like magnetic fields, but the title is 10 Million Human Bombs for Kim Il-sung. <laughs> <laughs> outro music, outro music, outro music. Uh, uh, so it seems like the essence, from what I can tell this is like the perfect Quillette article. Mm. Because he has take, it's basically the, the author taking a bunch of things that are true, which is that 
if it gets too difficult to employ a human workforce, which he needs in order to continue like selling his goods, Bezos can just keep automating stuff and automating stuff and automating stuff. But the whole point of a Quillette article is to just take the opposite point of view from people who make you mad, as opposed to thinking about any of the ramifications yeah, of anything. Because because the logical conclusion of this is my skills are not worth anything anymore and I will shortly be turned into a kind of nutrient mulch which feeds the remaining humans who are like the guys from Wally. <laughs> but that's yes, good exactly. actually. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's that's good. Everyone has to be nice to him. They never it's it's and again, you can never tell if it's by stupidity, malice or a powerful alloy of both, which <laughs> I think is actually the most powerful alloy of all. <laughs> um it's not friendship, it's not love, it's not even believing yourself. It's being as dumb as you are stupid. It's role as you are stupid unconsciousness. <laughs> um anyway, that's Mimsy and while that has taken us to an hour, I would be remiss if I did not um, end on one more very short article that I believe is one of Juliet's favorites. Yeah, this is pretty incredible. This is um, something I vaguely remember from the time, but has been flagged up every now and again on Twitter because I think it's, you know, there are stupid, pointless, boring, irritating and stultifying articles published by British newspapers every single day. Um, because there are thankful a lot of people, we are to them. Yes, well, absolutely. Them, we're out of a job. You know, the internet has an infinite amount of space, and I'm very glad that they're trying to fill all of it. Um, <laughs> but this is from 2006, Six. I think. Oh, six. Uh, oh, the Observer. Halcyon days. Um, yeah. Back when I had a very boring office job, and you spend a lot of time just looking at the Guardian website. And um, this is Raphael Baer, who most oh. recently has been seen saying that Corbyn did well in the 2017 election because of Russia. Mm. Um, and he's now one of the Guardian's main uh, politics writers. Um, good, good. We about, need we need someone who's doing full Russia gate. Yeah, we in need our, we need that country. content. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, you know, it beats having to think about material causes, right? No, yeah, um, and it, ke are, it keeps Milo in Russian jokes. Yeah, <laughs> the other thing, like real, if my real take on this is that's because thinking about material causes or like taking an a stance on an issue that isn't just a stance on a procedure or whatever it's hard yes it is why, like really why complex. can't we just cyber bully greta thunberg out of public life <laughs> she's obsessing me and my fancy son <laughs> but even still like if you think about like the alt what is what is like the sort of like the the neoliberal culture sort of introduced by thatcher and hypercharged by new labor and all that except an entire political class saying, you know what, trying to actually do stuff is very complicated. We're just going to set up a couple of incentives that will that will facilitate some processes and then other people will do it for us. It's basically Homer Simpson's mayoral, um, no, his, his sanitation commissioner campaign slogan, can't someone else do it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and now the bulges of, of the garbage, garbage are man. coming out of the, the golf course. <laughs> Instead of the garbage man can, it's capita. Uh, but I, I do really think that, like, just everything from blaming Russia to market-based solutions to the housing crisis or whatever, it's a lot of it's just laziness because it's hard to do anything. It's hard to do something. It's it's beatnik Flanders, but we're all out of ideas. We've done nothing. And we're all out of ideas. <laughs> no, this, uh, I, yes, I, this, I'm very pleased with this. I swear, is gentlemen, we have to preserve our phony baloney jobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so let's go let's go back to Raphael bear's article which is i mean it's so innocent it's extraordinary so i mean 
you know, before Raphael Baer somehow became like one of the Guardian's main politics commentators, he had a column with the Observer. And what I think happened with this column was that he had like, forgotten he had to write it, <laughs> and he had maybe ten minutes before the deadline. And he's looking around his room, and he's like, "What have I got in my room? What can I write about? What can I write about? Shit, shit, shit." Shoes, shoes. There are some shoes. I'm going to write about shoes. That's how Mark so this column is on called... coats, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, he hasn't written like a thousand pages on shoes, fortunately. Eight hundred yeah. words, That's but they I always, are. I say every time anyone's like, "Oh, you lefties are all so emotional." It's like, have you read Capital? It's mostly about coats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is this is the title, an article from the Guardian, or specifically the Observer, um, from the two- worst Guardian <laughs> from 2006, from August. So from um, from e- even 13 years ago today. <laughs> and another thing, ellipsis, shoes by Raphael Baer, political well, analyst of the Guardian. feet stuff again. Two episodes <laughs> in a row. Feet, feet, feet. It's not a reference to the viral shoes video, is it? No, this is from 2006. I think that was from, this. that was shortly before well, that. Well, that yeah. video did so, rule, though. Here it is. I blame Imelda Marcos. <laughs> Good start. You could have ended the article there. I mean, I already know what the shoes link is, but... (laughs) She was the Lady Macbeth of the Philippines, the glamorous wife of a mean and corrupt president. One day, she and her husband were driven into exile, and the presidential palace was looted. The mob found that she had a lot of shoes, more than she needed for day-to-day ambulation, and somehow the association What kind of children's book Philippine history is this? (laughs) And then one day, they were run out of town by a mean mob. (laughs) The primary concern of those protesters in the Philippines was that she didn't walk enough. How many fucking shoes do you have in there? You bitch. Somehow the association stuck, and footwear fetishists have felt a need to apologize apologize for theirs ever since. But where fetishists aren't people who just have lots of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this in is in order to have a foot fetish, you have to be the first lady of the Philippines. <laughs> That's just role play. <laughs> this, is, this, this is just, this is just uh, foot fetish visibility. We need to elect representation matters. My foot culture fet- is not a costume. <laughs> That's just that, um, that poster, but it's Chris Eliza on there. <laughs> oh, lots of great shoes on display. <laughs> um, and so this this is my new, okay. This is the new official trash future theory about Raphael Bear, which is that in you know you know the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where you see inside Charlie Kelly's mind. Oh, yeah. It's just a cartoon version. <laughs> this is the inside of his mind. He needs good guys and bad guys and clear stories. Like the I, I'm pretty sure that Raph, all of the books in Raphael Bear's house are all cardboard and waterproof. <laughs> A survey published last week found that half of all British women have more than 30 pairs of shoes, and 8% own more than 100 pairs. One in 10 had spent more than 1,000 pounds on shoes in the last year. Sound off in the comments. Send me pictures. (laughs) For those who think there is a correlation between the numbers of shoes possessed and the likelihood of being a callous oppressor of the poor. uh, 2006 was when we thought that, like... Obama and neoliberalism was going to go on forever and it was the end of history and we were all just going to have to write columns like this. I'm glad <laughs> I'm, that we're in hell now. My mind is fucking blown right now and you haven't even gotten like a tenth into it. Oh, there's a brilliant sentence coming up shortly. It's so Trust good. me. I, I know this it. thing almost off by heart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's read you, it so many people. <laughs> um, for those of you who think that there's a correlation between the number of shoes possessed and the likelihood of being a callous oppressor of the poor, these statistics explain why the world is in such bad shape. The nation's women are clearly spending all their time and money at the shoe shop, which leaves them no time to bake nourishing pies for orphans. We do, in <laughs> fact, be shopping. 
Shopping. Down the shoe shop, like yeah, this, with, with like they're hanging out there all day, like a fucking like Viennese intellectual salon from the nineteen twenties. Like. <laughs> a, women be shopping. B, women don't be baking. Mm. Like there are the nation's windowsills are bereft of pies. Yeah, like, Mary's <laughs> pie is cooling. Very, for, maybe for they very, did cook all these yeah. pies, but Sylvester the cat stopped. Very them. seldom do I detect like a a, a, str- a stream of piping steam from a freshly baked pie, and I'm led <laughs> cartoonishly by the nostrils yes. to the windowsill where I can then <laughs> steal it. The nation's orphans are not hovering, and it's because the women are playing too much shoes. <laughs> there are very few things in, in the world that are zero-sum games, but this is one of them. Yeah. If women be shopping, women are not making pies. <laughs> That's There's a, a political compass where it's just shopping as one axis and baking <laughs> pies as the other. <laughs> For orphans, specifically. Um, yeah, because this, this is what society is about. It's about what women are doing, and it can be one of two things. <laughs> the truth, however... <laughs> so, unfortunately, it was more complicated than that thing about shoes or pies for orphans, actually. The truth, however, is that shoes are much like everything else. Okay. Go off. Uh, Riley, had you read this before? No. Because we did a thing on Sweet 212 where no, I, mean, I read, I read out, it for this. Right. But, but, like, you know, I thought if you hadn't read this before, you need to kind of practice because you're not really able to get to the end of a sentence without shrieking with laughter because it's so stupid. It's two well, hour right. bonus podcast. Shoes are quite a bit like other things. <laughs> they're more like some things, like boots, for example, but they're less like other things, like airplanes or, or like dogs. Yeah, they're quite just, this this, this <laughs> column being read to you and it has like a pop-up shoe. No, this, col- this column is being read to you as a form of wastelands torture in 50 years, so you'll reveal the location of your fresh waters. <laughs> Philip K. Dix, the man in the Hyde Castle, he, he consulted the Tao Te Ching to write it, and apparently the consultation for the ending was like very disappointing. He was like, well, I consulted the book. This is how it's got to be. This feels like the same concept for a column, except he was using a Fisher-Price CNSA. It's like, <laughs> the shoe says pie. Okay, here's the, here, here is here is his materialist analysis of of, of the British economy. Okay. The truth, however, is that shoes are a lot like everything else, which is a bit of like Marx, like money is the universal commodity, etc., sure. etc. Et you can own a lot, or you can own a few. There are cheap ones, but guess what? They're not as nice as expensive ones. <laughs> Slipping into Trump voice there. Like, Just imagine in- fucking editing this. <laughs> like, some like, of the shoes are good. Some of them are bad, folks. We don't know. Why Sometimes can't the, the Guardian go back back to publishing the this instead of about how bad know. trans people are? Like, can we have uh, this? Oh back? no, they were they were doing how bad trans people are uh, at this point as well. Yeah, but can they just uh, be women be shopping, this? but some of the women are they women? <laughs> um, they also have we- practical women need special like safe spaces in which to be shopping. <laughs> uh, a woman's place mall. <laughs> they also have practical applications such as protecting the sole of the foot from foreign bodies and abrasion injuries. The Guardian is my not in favor of barefoot being legal. <laughs> no. He's explaining how shoes. No, work. the Guardian. Look, the Guardian is funded by the shoe lobby. They're in the pocket of big shoe. Also, they're funded by the shoe people. They're, they're tucked under the sole of big shoe. <laughs> you may only need one pair at a time to serve that purpose, but then you only need one durable boiler suit in your wardrobe. Or perhaps two if you want to spare Look, the tomatoes in the water. Just come back the from University a Slipknot of gig, which is why that was on this department. <laughs> yeah. So you really only need one, one pair, pair of shoes. One but- pair of dungarees. 
Yeah. Damn, so, I didn't realize that AI was so advanced in 2006 that it could write its own column. <laughs> but people have a it wasn't that advanced. But people have a variety of clothes because they want to look nice, so they also have a variety of shoes too. Interesting. I didn't know that shoes were a subcategory of clothes. <laughs> it's a type of clothes. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Riley, did, did you, you know that people though, buy like, different kinds of shoes because they want to look nice? I, I really, even though I've read both articles, I haven't read both of them aloud until now, and I didn't think that this is going to be the one that well, it's, was it's, more it's of like a much, splinter in my brain. Much like the Quran, reciting it aloud is what gives it its real power. As it happens, there are men who would be quite relieved if everyone could just agree to wear identical boiler suits all the time, obviating the need to acquire any yeah, dress men sense. and me. <laughs> there are also men who spend conspectacular amounts of money on things that are considerably less functional than shoes, like football matches. <laughs> so, wait, so, so to take the previous assertion, shoes are like a great many things, but then there is another spectrum of functionality in yes. which they are unlike football matches. That's the other axis on the like baking pies and <laughs> say, shoes. This is propensity to be baking pies at the moment yeah. of acquiring this. So you can so a lot of things are like shoes, and the thing in which they are more or less like shoes is how functional <laughs> they are. Clothes are quite similar to shoes in that if, you can have if more summer is or more. Women will be matches. baking pies at football games. Yeah, football matches nothing like shoes, despite the fact that they both involve feet. But if you watch a football match at home on the telly, you can be baking a pie. If you are yes. a woman and be shopping, you can't be baking pies. No, mm. that's true. Or going to football. Yeah, but what if you're watching football while shopping? Ah! Well, what if what you if go you to a football match and you go to the club off shop? The football like, players. Um, <laughs> who are baking pies? <laughs> just, come on, stop this. We're doing a. Uh, brain we're hurts. Doing, <laughs> we're, we're 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 doing a ponty pool right now. We have to stop. Um, attendance at football matches, for example, or extra inches of diameter on television screens, which <laughs> diameter is a measure of a circle. <laughs> <laughs> a circle thing. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> you know, circular things thing are a lot like shoes. Width is a lot like diameter. <laughs> <laughs> Look, things are a lot like shoes. It can be like, but like football, but pies are more useful than football matches than shoes. But pies are a lot like football matches, except that you can only do one at a time. Is What's there the a diameter of a pie? Leak? What if the pie is square? A, a diameter better describes a Who's pie a, than a Why did my TV? carbon monoxide detector just go off? <laughs> <laughs> but there isn't a culture of guilt around that sort of spending. So he's trying to also add in like a welfare queen thing. Men don't dawdle outside intersport, torturing themselves over whether or not they should treat themselves to another replica England shirt. Yeah, so why is shoe well, shopping tinged with shame? Speak for yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a prejudice that runs deep in our culture, in our language even. Think of the word downtrodden. It suggests a treader and a tready. No. All no. right, decisieur. <laughs> <laughs> What? What the fuck? <laughs> it's incredible. Just, like, what I do, Wolf, I... but for like foot fetishists. Amazing. Like, like when I write, um, you know, short kind of columns, opinion pieces, you know, sort of nine hundred to a thousand words. Like what I do is, after I've written a first draft, I print it out, and in the left-hand column, what I do is um, write a little summation of what I'm arguing in that paragraph, and I do that because I can then just read down. Um, read down those summations uh, mm. on the left-hand side uh, and just say, like, okay, what's my line of argument here? Is it cogent? Is one thing following on from the next thing? 
Does it kind of make sense? Oh, so, it... so far, so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, shoes and, are like um, other things. Um, yeah. Here's like... how shoes work. Imelda yeah. Marcos wore them and they were bad. <laughs> sometimes we have metaphors related to shoes. Yeah. So you, you, sometimes TVs have a big diameter or men go to football matches. And in a way, that's quite a bit unlike shoes. And men buy lots of England shirts. Yeah, they love England shirts, but they don't, they're all barefoot. I mean, he's writing just after the 2006 World Cup and it's literally just all the things that were just available to him yes. in that immediate moment. Like, I think he was like, Reading Dickens, the World Cup had been on, and there were some shoes. <laughs> there was, and, there, and there was a famous Central London cloud of laughing gas incident. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> oh, we I have to get one last column out to like preserve my legacy as the like the exhaust fumes seep in. <laughs> we are we are conditioned to think that okay, or maybe. What if we looked at Raphael Bear's column before that, and what if he was about to like tell the truth about aliens? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Col- he this before one. this. I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. This one, <laughs> shoes are a lot like other things. <laughs> we are conditioned to think that the poor have missed out because there is a well-heeled foot on their heads keeping them down. The shoe is a scapegoat for our anxieties about an unequal society. <laughs> so, like Mimsy, he's grasping at class consciousness here and misogyny. Like someone but once not- said that liberalism was a way of doing leftist left-ish politics that didn't include any analysis of class. And, you know, maybe he's just inching from liberalism he towards socialism. Well, I think he's edging is what he's doing. <laughs> but I mean, think about the, If I'm following this correctly, he's effectively saying class consciousness requires you to envision a well-made and expensive shoe pushing you down. But yes. if that shoe is expensive, it probably was bought by a woman. Isn't that sexist? That's actually the last line of 1984, uh, okay, so- is imagine like a nice Manolo Blahnik uh, stepping <laughs> on a human face forever. So I think we're actually getting to the last paragraph this of this the article last, before. This is the last so sentence. So before, Riley, before you read this, I, I know what's coming here. Um, yeah, right like, there. Nate, Nate and Alice, like, you haven't read this before. No. So do you want to guess what the what the concluding, what um, Bear concludes about shoes here? Because, you know, you followed his line of argument. Where do you think he might go? We should destigmatize shoe shopping for men, and I should be allowed to wear these red bottoms to the office. <laughs> Close, but no. That would not, make more sense. Yeah, would make, that's right. That's right. Not close because it would sort of actually <laughs> kind of follow on from anything he said. Uh, the so England no. players should wear heels. Again, no. That's too close to anything he's actually said. <laughs> Nate, I think it's your go. Baking pies is sexist. I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, no, despite the fact that it's 2006, uh, this is why terrorist sympathizer Jeremy Corbyn cannot be allowed to become prime minister. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe, maybe Raphael Bear is a precog, and this was the yes. closest thing he had to no, interpreting the, 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 a dream. The column before this is just like I have some mixed feelings about this incredibly successful hedge fund manager Jeffrey Epstein, who no one else has heard of. <laughs> okay, so th- I now have a theory that you can tell the future from Raphael Bear columns and we need to understand because like the oracle at delphi was basically just like getting drunk yes. off of vapors in a cave Raphael bear is clearly tapped Except into something elemental th- here this isn't the oracle at delphi this is the plutonium in the original sense where it was a sulfur leaking cave that just fucking killed anyone who went near it stone dead instantly <laughs> okay i'm gonna read the last couple of sentences from this i'd like you to let me get through all of them okay there are things not to like about shoes. For example, so few of them are foot-shaped. But, but, but beauty and impracticality make a natural pair, and together they make art. <laughs> I said it before, and I'll say it again. 
the wandering cloud of laughing gas incident of 2006. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. Just what the hell is that? Honestly, duck cum. <laughs> duck cum. Duck cum. Duck cum. Duck cum. <laughs> And then we just fade the pro- out on Kim Il-sung. This is this whole thing about how, like, you know, shoes are a kind of, you know, symbol of inequality and tyrannical, dictatorial government. But then his conclusion is that the actual problem with shoes is that they aren't shaped like feet. <laughs> but that's good because it makes them artistic. The running shoes with the individual really... toes that look all creepy, those are representative government. But, but he's already said that earlier that, like, Shoes need to be practical, like more so than like going to a football match, which yeah. is a waste of everybody's so time. What you do, the more beautiful the shoe is, the more like a football match it becomes. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, didn't follow that. I, I, I feel like I'm going to become the the equivalent of doing Simpsons jokes for everything, but just for like errant tweets that I remember. But I do recall someone had a photo of a store in America that was called Bare Feet Shoes, but oh, the, yeah. e, the light was off, and so it said Our Feet Shoes, and someone was like, damn, Jaden Smith opened a store? I had no idea. No, you know what this is uh, like in Simpsons terms? This is Howard Hughes, Mr. Burns, pulling the revolver on Smithers and telling him to get into the wooden model of the plane he's made. The spruce moose. Yes. <laughs> well, get you know what? Britain, in. In, Brit- in Britain 2019, we're all in the spruce moose. <laughs> However, it is, I believe... Was that the end of the article? Yes. yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what was the point? It didn't make any sense. We live no, in I a don't... shoe society. Yeah, this is... This... <laughs> Raphael Bear has been struck down by a case of echopraxia. It's just been, it's been riveting. He's been riveted by it ever just since. Recently been owned by shoeless men. So that they can tell where they're poking when you do different things. Yeah, it's like, uh, look, sometimes you have to be able to say, like, say shapes when they're doing brain surgery. Sometimes you have to write a column oh, while they're I, doing I brain surgery. I got a letter today from the surgeon of list of possible vaginal complications from surgery. And reading this would have been more cogent to political points than anything <laughs> that we've just heard. Oh, yeah. I've read those and I can confirm. Have, have, yeah. you, picked, have you picked a pussy yet? Uh, yes. Uh, oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I'm doing a gender reveal party for it. <laughs> Congratulate! Congratulations! It's a girl. <laughs> oh well. Congrat. So, congratulations to Alice on on finally picking one of your. I mean, Mitt Romney had a binder full of women. Yeah, we have a binder full of pussies. I, I just did the wine list thing of just picking the second most expensive one. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um all right. I I think that about does it. I have to go to bed or I have to go for a walk or something. <laughs> let's but make let's sure you listen, pick shoes that are shaped yeah. like feet. Let's all listen to some North Korean techno music. Yes, absolutely. So if you're listening to this, you've subscribed to our Patreon and if you still have your sanity, um thank you. Um and also just reminding you that we are going to do uh shows at Birmingham Transform. Yeah, Birmingham transformed. Alice is going to be there. I am. So come out to that. Compliment However, my pussy, you hogs. <laughs> tell her, tell her she got that bomb pussy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, tell tell her the bomb pussy is incoming. We expect <laughs> the markets anticipate bomb pussy. Alice, can I just point out mm. that like after uh, I got my pussy in 2012, um, I had spent a lot of time uh, dilating, which is where you have to you know keep it open using uh, perspex rods, mm-hmm. and this was really painful for about six weeks. Um, you know, you just have to three times a day, half an hour at oh, a time. Oh sure. Had to just lie down on my bed uh, with this you know glass thing inside myself, um, and um, you know after about a month of doing this maybe actually realized that like 
you can feel sexual pleasure and it's really really great and uh, that happened to me while watching Century of the Self <laughs> <laughs> but since, since you got the, the surgery I in, loads of Adam, in 2012 loads of Adam Curtis films you, and you, you just did get actually really bring an end to a Mayan time period uh, <laughs> it's, that's what they were predicting is everyone read it wrong <laughs> uh, okay so we're going to be at Birmingham Transform making fun jokes like that um, we're also going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe on August 10th do buy tickets to that uh, all links are in description and we're also going to be at the world transformed in on september 21st to 25th oh yeah real quick i'm not going to be at the edinburgh one so if you go expecting to see me you have to compliment my bomb pussy to one of the others and then, yes we will then carry that message on yes of course for you uh julia do you have anything you want to want to plug any Don't any live appearances face. no <laughs> shut up stop it <laughs> <laughs> no nothing to plug whatsoever yeah god damn it Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. i i literally i while i was talking to you the other day about yeah quote finding a sub for the podcast <laughs> and you you horned it up before i was even able to say yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Cannot be stopped. I'm too powerful. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Uh, oh, I think we we still have some of our t-shirts left, we but do, we are now yeah. running so we, out of sizes. So, so we basically have uh, we have mediums and large to spare. Uh, we have two XL, but we have very few small or XL left. So if you need either of those sizes, definitely get because we got two smalls and one yeah, XL. You're a bunch That's of all we small boys. Is the thing. So if you want to get, if you are on the top of the bell curve, if you're, if you're, if you're someone that Charles Murray would love from the top of the bell curve, <laughs> then um, you should buy, buy shirts because those are the, those are the only like, ones we have do left. Do like bulking supplements and like protein shakes. Yeah. Here you go. How about this? Get big so that you can change the shirts. Get because swole. Swole future. I'm, I'm thinking about doing, about new designs and uh, I want to start doing them. So clear out our inventory of mediums and larges. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that about does it for us today. And happy August, and we will see you live soon or in your ears even sooner. Yes. We'll see? Will we see them in the ears? You'll hear us. <laughs> Shut up. And you know exactly what I'm going to say to sign off, because what else could I say? But dot com. Oh, <laughs>